It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I'll start off with some quick closing thoughts on the Panthers matchup here on Sunday. 405 against the 49ers. Like I mentioned the other day, back-to-back weeks where they are hosting a West Coast opponent and playing at 405. I did not see Tampa or Atlanta facing any of these NFC West teams at the same time. And I'm trying to figure out why on earth the NFL schedule makers did that to the Carolina Panthers, a team that needs every sort of advantage they can get to try and win a football game on Sunday and moving forward. It's going to be tough on Sunday for them to win this game. I look at it offensively. For San Francisco, they have some playmakers, as we know. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Greg, uh, George Kittle. Like, they got good players. But they have a quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who can give you one or two a game as far as turnovers. If Carolina can capitalize on the mistakes that Garoppolo is going to make or force him into mistakes, they can be in position to win this game by giving their offense a short field. I would say for them to win on Sunday, they're going to absolutely need yet another defensive touchdown. And it's insane that they have to live by that standard where they have to hold opponents below 17 points and to be able to score a touchdown in order to have a chance to win games. 
But that's just where we are at, at this point in time with this offense. Baker Mayfield has played at a level that is basically just as bad as Jimmy Clausen through the first four weeks of the season. He's been as bad as Jamarcus Russell was and as bad as Blaine Gabbert was early on in his career when he was a starter in the NFL down in Jacksonville. That's not a good thing. There's plenty of reasons that Baker Mayfield struggled. We can make whatever excuses. He just has not made the plays that have been there to be made, and that has led the Carolina Panthers in a situation where they're 1-3 and three, and there's actual concern for the rest of the season. Now, I'm sure plenty of you have already given up and think the Panthers have no chance at all and that it's no way they're going to be a playoff team, and I wouldn't really blame you for that, and you want Matt Rule fired. Again, not sure how much that changes anything considering the quarterback play has just been abysmal up until this point in time. They're going to play the best defense in the league on Sunday. It is not a get-right game, but it really needs to be a get-right game. And Ben McAdoo, I watched his press conference before coming up here and doing a show, and he talked about he was brought in here to make a difference, and he has not made a difference to this point in time. He has to find ways to get Robbie Anderson the ball and DJ Moore the ball and get Baker Mayfield more comfortable in this offense. And he said that Baker has not received as much credit as he deserves considering how late he came into camp or as far as coming to Carolina and in being a starter. But it doesn't matter. He hasn't gotten that credit because he's been horrible. And we talked about this last week. When was it time to press the panic button? Was it then? Was it after four weeks, five weeks? I was saying probably after this homestand, well, after how he played on Sunday, I've fully pressed the panic button. I don't think Baker Mayfield is as bad as we've seen, but he has no confidence. His footwork is terrible. His accuracy is awful. His timing is bad. It's leading to batted balls. And his attitude, certainly what we've seen publicly with the media, hasn't been great and leads you to wonder, man, are we going to have the same sort of issues that, we had back, that he had back in Cleveland? I don't know, man. But it does not look good for Baker at this point in time. Sam Darnold's not any close to being healthy, and when he comes back, I can't imagine Sam Darnold's going to be the answer for the Carolina Panthers' problems on offense. It's tough. They got to find a way, because if they don't, well, that probably is going to be curtains, which it already is curtains if uh, that's how you feel now. So I, I don't know, man. It's unfortunate. But let's go ahead and get into these uh, Friday mailbag questions here on the show again. At me or DM me on Twitter. Uh, to participate next week. We'll start off with Kyle as a two-parter. And again, brevity. I don't need you guys to give me these super long paragraphs um, of your thoughts. Just ask me whatever question that you have. Um, But he says, I know quarterbacks always get more blamed than they deserve, and that's just how the NFL is. And Baker, in all caps, definitely deserves some blame. But why are we not talking about the lack of production from almost everyone else on the offense? Here we watch the game on Sunday, talk about how Christian, DJ, and Robbie, only ones who did their jobs while players like Moten, Pat Elfline, and Tommy Trimble's drop, and all these other players also made mistakes. So why are we not blaming them as well? Okay, well, I think they are getting blamed. We have talked about how bad the tight end position is. Um, if the offensive line makes mistakes, like I did bring up how the offensive line got blown up, especially in that first drive where they could not convert a third and one and a fourth and one. So they're getting the blame. Everyone sees it. No one's just saying that Baker Mayfield's the only one making mistakes. Players are going to make mistakes throughout the entirety of the game. It's going to be magnified when Baker Mayfield comes in here. He's clearly the one who's holding back this offense. You're saying the skill position players aren't the reason why they're losing these games. Okay, I agree with you. You look at the tight end group, it's the worst in the NFL. Offensive line, four new starters, they're much better than they were last season. The quarterback position has gotten worse. That's why we're looking at Baker Mayfield and we're placing a lot of blame on him because he has played terribly 
and he's playing, again, at a level of Jimmy Clausen through four weeks into the season. That's an issue. So, yeah, we can certainly place the blame on everyone else, but coming into the year, we knew what two positions had to get much better. Offensive line and quarterback, offensive line's gotten better. The quarterback has gotten much worse. That's why we're out here dogging Baker Mayfield. Your second question you say that our division stinks. The NFC South, the Falcons will start losing soon enough. The Saints are terrible, and Brady's getting divorced, so the Bucks are screwed. Uh, I, I don't know how much that's going to impact his uh, on-field performance. Maybe we should talk more about how they still don't have Godwin back 100% healthy. The old lines kind of struggled, and Brady just hasn't looked that good. Is that physical because he's 45, or is it because his marriage? I don't know. Either way. You say it's still too early, and we we need to kick in a little offense and get our defense off the field, and we can be right there. Our defense is awesome, not ready to give up hope just yet. And I appreciate that you're not ready to give up hope just yet, Kyle, because a lot of people have already given up hope, and they're only one game out of first place. We talked to Mike Kay about this. It When have you ever seen a head coach get it fired four weeks in the season when he's a game back in the division? Like, there's plenty of time left. Could this be one of those divisions where – Seven and ten wins it. Hell, Panthers need that to be the case because that feels like at this point in time, the way the offense is playing, the only chance they have of getting into the playoffs this season. So we'll see how it pans out. But yeah, there's plenty of blame to go around offensively. Primarily, though, it's going to fall on Baker Mayfield. And yeah, the division has not been good so far through four weeks. Let's hope that stays the same so the Carolina Panthers can uh, stay in this thing as long as possible. But then again, I think that might be bad for the folks who want to go out there and tank already, as if that is going to guarantee the Panthers will be good moving forward. Moving on to Tom, he said, hey, Julian, one for the mailbag. It's pretty tough at the moment. Liverpool not firing on all cylinders. They did get that one against Rangers the other day in the Champions League, though, Tom. Uh, the Panthers being abysmal on offense. My fantasy team is also 0-4. Don't care about your fantasy team, Tom, uh, but... That sucks for you. Uh, I know the buzzwords lately have an execution, but is there anything McAdoo could do to find a rhythm which would help influence execution? I have only been a Panther fan now for seven years, but this is the worst offense I've seen. But I also continue to donate my Sunday evenings. I'm in the UK to watching them try and turn it around because, as you know, through the storm, there's a golden sky. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> yes, that is very true, Tom. Although Panther fans certainly feel like they're walking alone at this point in time. And Tyler has a similar question about Ben McAdoo. He said, first off, want to say I love the show. Thanks, Tyler. He said, second, what is going off McAdoo? There were some play calls that really had me scratching my head. Third and one, why are they going empty set? Why is that not a handoff to CMC or at least a threat to CMC would run it? The inability to get the ball to playmakers is still hanging around after four weeks. To give them a little credit, it looks like they were attempting to involve DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore more. I also feel like Christian is being underutilized in the passing game. I get the feeling that Baker isn't a fit for McAdoo's style. I find it hard to believe Mac Mayfield has regressed this much. Is this a case of trying to fit a player to the system instead of the system to your personnel? It could be that, and Mike K kind of talked about that, uh, trying to put what the round peg into a square hole. Just that's what it's been with Baker. A lot of people have felt, too, going into the season that Baker didn't necessarily fit what McAdoo wants to do, but that's the quarterback they brought in. And it wasn't like there was a ton of other options out there that were willing to come to Carolina or would elevate Carolina. And we don't see what Matt Corral could do because he's out for the rest of the season. I don't think we're going to get a chance to see P.J. Walker because they don't have any faith and belief in P.J. Walker. I just, execution-wise, scheme-wise, I talked about the other day. This team does not run nearly as much play action as Baker ran in Kevin Stefanski's system up in Cleveland the last couple of years. 
Cleveland knows what they want to do. They want to run the football, and they want to run play action off of that threat to hit you on deep balls, patterns across the middle, whatever it is. That's what they need to do here in Carolina. Ben McAdoo needs to run far more of those play actions to put Baker in a position where he's far more comfortable. Moving out of the pocket isn't really doing much at all considering his quarterback rating is a 6.5 when he's outside the pocket. The best he's playing is when he's in play action. It would also help when you bring up Christian McCaffrey. We saw the last two years and the scheme that Joe Brady had here in Carolina that he ran a bunch of choice routes. And depending on how the linebacker was lined up on him, if he was lined up to the outside shoulder Christian, he would run an out. He would run a route to the inside. If he was running lined up inside, he run an out, a route to the outside. And oftentimes, that was pretty difficult to defend and basically unstoppable. We have not seen very much of that, if any, at all this up, this season. So we need to see more of that moving forward if the Panthers want to have some success. So run those choice routes to McCaffrey. Get Baker more play action. Basically hand the ball off to Christian more often than what we saw on Sunday because they got to it the last two weeks, but then last week they just got away from really what I think has been the only positive thing we've seen offensively from this team so far. So those are certainly good points that uh, Ben McAdoo has to do a better job uh, putting Baker in a position to succeed, but also find a way to get the ball in his playmaker's hands. I agree with you. Okay. Let's take a quick pause here. Then I'll come back and answer more weekly Friday mailbag questions here on locked on Panthers. All right, here's a sports analogy for you. When it comes to burglars, your home is like the end zone and you need the absolute strongest defense you can muster. This is why I use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back so you always know your home is safe. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment there's a threat detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home and can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that will only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, let's get back to your questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Now over to Chris. 
who asks if Matt Rule goes 0-3 in this upcoming stretch versus San Fran, L.A., and Tampa Bay. David Tepper has to fire him, right? If not, David Tepper needs to come out of hiding and give fans a clear-cut explanation as to why. Thanks. Love the show. Thank you, Chris. Also, we have Alex Zander, who says, Hey, Julian, I have season tickets and seats below Tepper's box, and he constantly ducked away when people started yelling up to him and left the game pretty early. Do you believe that he's going to have patience of rule, as he says? Also, um, I see that quiet flex you had there, Alexander. Um, and then Josh says, I love your David Tepper takes today. However, your Matt Rule takes are horrendous. When do you feel is the right time to fire Matt Rule if the season continues as it currently has? As I said... I have no idea when Matt Rule is going to be fired. My guess is David Tepper, who gave Matt Rule a seven-year, $60 million contract, and is going to have to pay Matt Rule whether Matt Rule coaches the rest of the season or not. I think he wants to give Matt Rule as best of a chance to sit here and try and fix things here in Carolina before deciding, all right, enough is enough, pulls the plug, and had wasted five, three seasons. I think he wants to wait until they're completely out of it. As I've said to y'all before, I'm not going to sit here and advocate for Matt Rule to lose his job. I'm also not sitting here and saying that I think Matt Rule should keep his job now that I believe that Matt Rule turned things around. So let me make that clear. I don't sit here right now and say that Matt Rule should keep his job because I sit here and believe in him. I'm only saying it does not really change anything here in Carolina if you fire Matt Rule. Seriously. Firing the head coach, how is that going to fix anything? If the quarterback's playing as bad as he's playing, how is getting rid of Matt Rule going to change anything here in Carolina? If you think the OC is the problem, all right, they changed out OCs last year. How much better did this offense get last season when Jeff Nixon took over here in Carolina? I don't really see what it really does other than admit that the season's over and maybe give somebody else an opportunity to not get the job because let's be honest David Tepper's not hiring the interim head coach because the interim head coach is probably not going to turn things around because the quarterback's no good so I don't know when it's going to happen I'm sure we're going to continue to get these questions and I'm going to continue to tell you I don't know when he's going to get fired he's probably going to get fired considering he's not winning if he keeps losing it's going to happen eventually and is it going to make you happy if he gets fired because the team keeps losing how happy are Panther fans really going to be? Like, Mike K broke it down really well for y'all the other day. Basically saying it all would be a ceremonial. Like, it's not going to change anything. If anything, it may be more of a detriment to the Carolina Panthers. So, I don't know, y'all. David Severclue is not going to come out here and say anything. He's already given his explanation back in April of why Matt Rule's still here and preaching patience and all that and talking about how he believed in Matt and said it was a five-year process. He's not going to get five years. I highly doubt that David Tepper is going to stick to that word. Matt Rule has probably a couple more weeks, maybe another month or two. Like, get to December, get they're out of it, then fine. Probably move on. But right now, October, is it really all that necessary? I mean, you say yes. I say, like, does it really matter? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty much just over-talking about it at this point. Like, just either do it or please start winning because I'm sick of talking about whether he should be fired. Okay, got Josh. Hey, Julian, I just think it's time to cut our losses and tank for a potential franchise quarterback. I'm not saying that this season is doomed at 1-3, but I think it is the quickest way out of mediocrity. I know in the draft there are no guarantees, but I think if we just tank and get either number one or number two pick, we will lose Matt Rule. We will get a new coach who can either get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, be their projects, and the team around this top pick will be very good. What are your thoughts? Also, Alex, he says, I've been very vocal that they should fire Rule, but I'm starting to change my mind. 
He is a tank commander. We need. Would you rather have Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Um. Okay. So we're back to the whole tanking, and Josh said it. He knows nothing's guaranteed, but we're all back to the whole tanking, and that will guarantee the team is good. Okay, so if you get the number one pick and you take a quarterback, let's go through it. Not every number one pick is the same. Cam Newton, different than Baker Mayfield. Trevor Lawrence right now, it's working out. Thank you. And then Kyler Murray, it's worked out so far in Arizona, but is he like spectacular? No. Jared Goff, that didn't really work out. Matthew Stafford never won anything of consequence up there in Detroit, but he is still a good quarterback. Joe Burrow, that's working. But not every number one pick is created the same. We have here on our roster a prime example of how drafting a quarterback in the top three does not guarantee success. Sam Darnold did not work out in New York or here. Baker Mayfield did not work out in Cleveland or here so far. So getting a quarterback right up there does not guarantee a damn thing. Just look at the teams recently. The Giants of Daniel Jones. How's that going for them? And there were Giants fans who were saying, oh, we should have got Sam Darnold. Wouldn't have worked anyways. And I also look at Chicago right now. It's not going so great so far with Justin Fields. Uh, do they have great things around him? No. A much better team, and I think infrastructure for a rookie quarterback next season here in Carolina. I agree with that. The Bears took Mitch Trubisky second overall. That didn't work out very well for them. So it's just a crapshoot, man. No one really knows. As far as C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, I, I don't have a preference over either one of those guys. Stroud's lighting it up at Ohio State. Bryce Young, sorry, excuse me, the Ohio State. Bryce Young got injured last week, won the Heisman Trophy. Like, that dude's just got ice in his vein, finds a way to make a play. I understand that he's a little bit shorter, and people are now going to have PTSD from all the tip passes. A lot of it has to do with Baker. It's not just his height. It's also timing. So I don't necessarily get that concerned about that with Bryce Young. Um, and then... I mean, Will Levis is going to be a big name. There's plenty of people who think he's going to end up being the top quarterback because of his physical traits, and he's playing at NFL offense. Is he a better player in college right now than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? Absolutely not. Not even close to the same level of those guys. But it's not about really what he's doing now. It's what they think he can be. So we'll see. I don't have much of a preference. I'm not going to sit here and act like tanking is going to work. But I will say this. If the Panthers do end up, bottoming out like it looks like they're headed towards at this point in the season. They will have a new head coach. That new head coach needs to draft a quarterback. Does not mean that quarterback's going to work out, but the best course of action moving forward is a drafted quarterback in the first round. The Panthers have not done that. They have not built their franchise around a young quarterback that's highly touted. They have not done that. So we'll see. I'm not saying it's going to work. But that's just, you know, the conventional way to do it and really the smartest way opposed to chasing after all these veterans who have no interest in coming here to Carolina. Could change depending on how the quarterback market plays out come March and April, but we don't know who the head coach is here, and that could absolutely dictate uh, how that plays out. All right, let's take another quick pause. I'll be back here in just a moment on Lockdown Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, let me answer the rest of your questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag on Lockdown Panthers. Going over to Brian, he says, I agree 100% the firing rule right now does not fix it for the Panthers, but could it be the opportunity to give Coach Wilkes a 12-week audition? Yes, that's one thing about this. It could be an opportunity to give someone like Steve Wilkes a chance to win this job. I don't know necessarily if he will, though. Now, I guess it's so different. I don't know if this comparison even really works. All right, Steve Spurrier, read his book, love the old ball coach, or he likes to go be a head ball coach, but I'm always going to call him the old ball coach. When he was at South Carolina, he effectively quit in the middle of the season because he wanted to give Sean Elliott, who's now the head coach at Georgia State, the opportunity to earn that job. Sean Elliott did not do that. They hired Will Muschamp. That didn't work. Now they have Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks are on that, you know, wheel of being the South Carolina Gamecocks and irrelevant like they always have been. Sorry to the Gamecock fans listening. I actually don't feel sorry in your face. Um, <laughs> okay. Also, look at Wisconsin right now. As we talk about college coaching jobs, Wisconsin fired Paul Chris because Jim Leonard, who was a former safety in the NFL, he is the defensive coordinator, turned down a job to be the D.C. in Green Bay. But they look at him, who is a former, he's, of course, a Wisconsin man. They look at him as someone who has an opportunity to take that job. So they're going to give him the remainder of that season at Wisconsin to prove that he should be the head coach. I don't think it's similar to what's going on here. We saw last year, I mean, the Raiders, it was a different situation when they fired John Gruden because of what went on with those emails and um, his old Grudenness. But Rich Bisaccia took him to the playoffs, and he still didn't get that job. He's now a special teams coordinator up in Green Bay. I just don't think David Tepper is going to be like, okay, Steve Wilkes, you come in here, and if the team is halfway decent the rest of the way, like, yeah, you're, you're my guy. There's been reports already that David Tepper would likely look at, you know, a veteran coach, and Wilkes would be a veteran head coach who never really got much of an opportunity in that one season in Arizona, which is also why he's suing them and the league for its hiring practices. And I don't think David Tepper wants to set himself up to get sued in case he doesn't give him the job. I don't look at McAdoo being um, the interim. It's going to be Wilkes. Everyone pretty much knows that's what it would be if that's what happens here in Carolina and Matt Rule gets fired in the middle of the season. I just think, though, he still needs to just do his due diligence, look at what's out there in the NFL. It's October. It's This month just started. There is plenty of coaches that are going to materialize as good candidates, and they're not going to hire anyone until January anyways. Just looking at the coordinators that you might want, and maybe the assistant coaches that might be in the playoffs. That's typically what you're looking at. That's been the tired model of going out there and finding a coach who's on a winning staff. So that's what I expect that he'll probably go out there and try and do. So even if they give still Steve Wilkes the job or as interim, does not necessarily mean he's going to win the job. Unless they go like undefeated, then it'd be pretty crazy to not give him that opportunity. What we did see just a year ago, one owner, a different person, 
and um Mark Davis, yeah. Yeah, Mark Davis decided that, no, I didn't want to do that. I'm going to hire my own guy. And that's not working out because I think the Raiders are also like 0-3 or something like that. Or 1-4, 0-4, not quite sure. 1-3, 0-3, or whatever. 1-3, 0-4, whatever. Um, Eric. Why on, God green, why on God's green earth do the Panthers insist on making in Thomas work? If Cam's suggestion box is still around, I'd like to suggest we rip tight end screens out of the playbook. I'd rather go back to watching Jericho Cotri be the pitch man on the triple option again than see another ball brick off a tight end's hands. Yeah, the tight ends are the worst in the league. We knew that coming into the season. To expect anything out of them, we didn't. And that's one of the things, too. We talk about, or we ask, y'all ask, how can we help Baker or how can McAdoo help Baker? This organization could help Baker. Now, had they had any thoughts he would be here, they would have gotten a better tight end. Because he really relied on them. Look at the tight ends that you have in Cleveland. Njoku, Harrison Bryant. Neither one of the guys here are that. Try and act like Tommy Trimble is like what he's not, all you want. But that's just, yeah, it's a bad position group, man. It's tough. Okay, uh, we're Luke. When is it time to level questions towards Etor Gross Matos in his play? Him taking a bigger role was a factor in letting Reddick walk, yet through four games, he's a 98th-rated defensive end, Adam 102. Meanwhile, Reddick has three and a half sacks and three forced fumbles in Philly. At the minute, it's hard to argue Henry Anderson deserves more s- snaps than YGM. Thank you for covering this team so well. When the product in the field is so bad, keep pounding. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, um, okay, so one correction there. They let Reddick walk because they couldn't afford him. And Frankie Louvu is also here. They always had the thought this was going to be a by committee kind of deal. Haynes and Gross Matos were going to be a part of that kind of by committee situation. Like Morgan Fox is not here in Carolina because they wanted to give YGM, as you call him, more opportunities here this season. That's what it was. Like Reddick, he's back home. He's actually winning. Good for him. <laughs> Let's not mourn and weep over uh, Sonny because that guy's in a better situation. It just was – we could see the writing on the wall. It was not going to happen here in Carolina with Reddick being back here for another season and, of course, an extension. As far as Grossmanis' play, I saw this put out by Cat Crave blog. Uh, this is from Pro Football Focus. So far through four weeks of the season, he's played in 7% of the snaps defensively. He has nine tackles. Goose egg and stat and sacks. Of course, a goose egg and tackles for loss. One quarterback hit, one pressure. Goose egg and quarterback hurries and has a 45.3 PFF grade. By that, it sounds like he probably not should not be playing very much at all. And Henry Anderson was brought in here to be more of a run stuffer. I guess that's kind of what YGM's supposed to do while also being a pass rusher, but he has not done that. I'm certainly not against giving someone else an opportunity, but the defense has not been a problem at this moment in time outside of, well, they didn't stop the run week one, and they have not gotten really any pressure on a quarterback outside of Brian Burns. That's kind of concerning. Well, it is concerning. 
Okay, final question comes from Pepe from Brazil. We're international, y'all. I know it's kind of soon to ask, but as a thought exercise, which coach do you think would be the best option available to try and dig the Panthers out from this hole? Do you see a scenario where Tepper throws enough money at Sean Payton that he comes out of retirement, or do you think he wouldn't be interested in coaching a losing team? Um, Certainly the latter or the former, maybe he could try to do that. Now, here's here's the hang-up. New Orleans still owns his rights. The Saints are going to have to get compensation back from Carolina. The Panthers right now only own their first, second, I think fourth and fifth round picks in the upcoming draft. I, I did spend – this is maybe a tease for an upcoming episode. I did spend a decent amount of time the other day going through every trade Scott Fitterer has made since coming to Carolina just to try and figure out how much of this is on Scott Fitterer as far as the Panthers' issues and, of course, all the draft picks that are lost. and. Yeah, they only have their first, second, fourth, and fifth right now. So that will be something at a later date we'll talk about Scott Fitter and the trades that he's made. Um, but no, the, the Panthers don't have the compensation to give to New Orleans. New Orleans is not going to want Sean Payton to be in the division. They're not going to do that. If anything, they're going to be like, hey, Sean, we're going to fire Dennis Allen. Come back here and be our head coach, please. Or Dallas is going to find a way. But again, is New Orleans trying to let Sean Payton be in the same conference as them? I have a hard time believing that. But we'll see. It also depends on if Sean Payton wants to come right back and coach immediately. Maybe he'll wait until they don't have his rights. So we'll see how that works out. As far as coaches, I kind of joked yesterday with the 49ers guys that D'Amico Ryans would be great to have because defensively they're already fantastic here in Carolina. He's got a great defense in San Francisco, and possibly he can bring someone with Shanahan ties to run that wide zone offensive scheme that's become in vogue here in the NFL and Maybe you get a quarterback like Will Levis, who I'm not necessarily think is better than CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, but certainly has a ceiling. We could see. We don't know. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he looks the part and he knows the offensive scheme. So maybe give that a try. That's just a thought out there. But also, it's way too early. Let's get to December. Let's get. Then we have more of an under. And also, it's maybe get until. Rule actually gets fired, and then we can start trying to cultivate a list of candidates. Even if he gets fired after this week, still too early. Got to figure out, you know, through the rest of the season, who really has shown and looks like they should be the uh, the guy. So, I don't know. We'll see how that pans out. Okay, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julie Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show, over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel and check us out wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and also be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where, again, on Friday of next week, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter to participate next week. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all on Sunday following the Panthers' hopeful win against the San Francisco 49ers. Goodbye. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.